Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, you are listening to Going for Gold, the weekly women's health podcast. My name's Roisin Devashokane. I'm Senior Editor on Women's Health, and this is your weekly chance to plug in and be inspired to work on your health and wellness. This week, in response to a slew of requests from you guys, thanks for those, by the way, keep coming, we are looking at the never not tricky topic of weight loss with actionable tips and strategies to help navigate the complex world of food and feelings. Something that's been made ever more complex by, you know, the small matter of a global pandemic. While for many people, possibly you, there are far bigger things to think about right now than the size and shape of your body or what you should be eating. But the matter of how people can manage their weight without burdening their mind is clearly of real concern right now. The number of messages we've had from people wanting help with things like snacking and fat loss advice is matched only by the number of people wanting help on how they can keep their body confident and self-esteem robust during a time when their mental health and self-esteem is being pressured in all directions and life is often less rich and less active than before. So in this episode, we're going to take a kind approach to the topic of weight loss and management as we draw to the close of 2020. With the help of an expert who instructs clients on both the, the fat loss side of things, but also the emotional one too. She is Rihanna Lambert, Harley Street nutritionist with master's qualifications in obesity prevention, but also in psychological interventions with relationships with food. In her nutrition clinic, she helps people overhaul their health by losing significant amounts of excess weight, but also helps clients with eating disorders discover how to rebuild their relationship with food and their bodies once more. She's a published author and also host of the Food for Thought podcast. In this episode, she busts some of the most pervasive weight loss myths, offers some smart strategies for eating well whilst working from home, and explains why, now of all time, it's important not to beat yourself up about finding comfort in food. I do hope you find it useful. Rhiannon, hello. Listeners will know you for your Food for Thought podcast, or maybe they'll follow you on Instagram. Um can you tell me how you've become such a leading voice in nutrition, especially around things like weight loss and weight management? Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. It's um, it's lovely to hear you even saying that because I know that you and I met a, a long time ago and we did an interview together for Women's Health at the very beginning. Um, so 
Retrition the clinic I have now is one of London's leading private nutrition clinics. So we have um, clinicians, dietitians and registered nutritionists working in all areas, weight management, intuitive eating, eating disorders, gut health, sports nutrition, pre and postnatal. And alongside that, I do a lot of media work. So I think what's really um, brought Retrition I guess, to the forefront as to, as a platform for helping people has probably been through social media and TV work, I guess, because when, you know, I guess one person talks and you, you watch a program or you hear a podcast like my food for thought podcast and word spreads around, but my qualifications that led me to that point, I have a first class degree in nutrition and health. I have a master's degree in obesity risks and prevention, and I'm a master practitioner for psychological interventions with, um, relationships with food. So, that on top of more recent, you know, diplomas and constant professional development that you continue to do over time with pre and postnatal nutrition and sports nutrition, I've been able to work with amazing clients, some high profile names that you'll know of, like Ronnie O'Sullivan, her chats with Gary Barlow, all those sorts of people. And yeah, I suppose that's how the business has developed. But more, the, the most important thing, Rasheen, is that I get to help people. And that is what I love. Absolutely. And because you are, because you have such a presence on social media, I think you are more aware possibly than other people in your profession of just how sensitive and delicate and fraught the issue of weight loss, weight management, weight maintenance is. Um, I don't know, the pandemic has made an already complicated layered nuanced situation even more so and we've had people writing into us to say they want help with you know weight gain in the pandemic but at the same time we had people writing in within the same week saying they want help looking after their body image because they're worrying about gaining weight there seems to be these real dual concerns going on at the moment are you seeing this reflected in, in your clinics and the thousands of women that you're in touch with daily? Uh, most definitely. You hit the nail on the head when you said it's very sensitive. And I think, first of all, if we start by explaining that food is a coping strategy for everybody at some point in their lives, be it uh, a whole range of emotions from stress to anger, um, for fear, for celebration. F food can be utilised for so many different um, shapes and forms and, and ways of life, cultural uh, backgrounds, where you live, what you're doing. And the fact that we're all at home in lockdown has really, really seen a huge spike in inquiries that we've had at the Retrition Clinic. I've actually hired two new members of staff throughout lockdown to cope with wow. the demand for weight loss and eating disorders. So both ends of the spectrum there. And it's important that we address that it's okay if you are wanting to address your body weight or You've acknowledged that it's a problem because you, life doesn't have to be like that. You definitely can live and have a normal, healthy, balanced relationship with food, but it can take a bit of work. In your daily work, so again, in, in clinic and then with the thousands of women that you're in contact with online, what are the what are some of the most common myths and pieces of misinformation that you see coming up around uh how to how to lose weight or how to maintain a low weight at the moment? I think if we're looking at losing weight, um, first of all, it's probably that it's all to do with willpower and it's all to do with calories. And what, what, what's confusing about that is that a lot of public health messages that we're told is energy in equals energy out. You know, you've got to balance your life in that way. But it's so much more complex. It's far too simplistic to say that because 
the quality of your diet matters immensely. And you could be eating, I always do this one um, comparison of 100 calories of chocolate versus 100 calories of broccoli. We know that one contains a lot more saturated fat and, and different components to broccoli, which contains a lot more fiber. And they're both digested and utilized in the body differently. And then we get to the fact that you are completely unique. We all have this these gut bacteria that consume food in a different way to every single other person that we know. So it does throw people a little bit because it leads you to being to feeling a bit helpless. Like, well, what what do I do? Who do I listen to? Where do I go to for the right advice? And then, as I said at the beginning, it's not your willpower because we are biologically programmed to want to eat food if we see it, if we have access to it. Which is why there's a huge nature nurture kind of debate and what we call obesogenic environments that we live in now in today's society because we have access to food 24-7. Mm. Um, well, obviously in lockdown, food did do, go scarce for a while and we haven't had that in a very long time. But normally you'd have access to takeaways at every single hour. It's different. And then you said about weight maintenance and just looking after your body. I think there's a lot of myths that that purely comes from exercise and what you eat because actually it also comes from your sleep and it also comes from taking time out and being relaxed which also plays a role on weight maintenance and then you've got hormonal fluctuations especially for women that can matter and you know we fluctuate two two to three kilos a day on average which goes to show that what really is weight maintenance are people measuring this on the number on the scale because that's not actually fully accurate it's mm. it's based on a lot more so the biggest myths are definitely that people think it's willpower calories the number on the scales is the one that's going to help you and that it's a very simple this is a one size fits all approach i would yeah. say I guess because it's one of those things when, and this happens in all areas of life, in, in health, in politics, in whatever, whenever there's something really complicated to understand, we are just so desperate to hear a three-line solution of how of how we do it. But actually, as you say, it's there's so many varying factors. Tons, tons. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating research that I've discussed, obviously, with the guts. We know that's unique, and there's lots of different interactions there. A lot of the gut bacteria live towards the end of the digestive tract, and we know that they prefer certain foods, and they thrive off getting enough prebiotic food, which means foods, foods that contain a lot of fiber in the diet. We know that's one element that's unique to us, but we also know that our DNA now and our genes could have a different impact as well. And there's a lot of research saying that some people will always have room for that second slice of cake. You know, when you're out of a friend and they will always have room for seconds compared to that friend that um, could just very easily say, oh no, I'm full. And then there's the element of what I like to call, and I discussed this in my TEDx talk, our food world, which is how we're brought up and how we see the world of food around us. Because when you were a kid, perhaps every Friday night was takeaway night, or in your kitchen, there was always one cupboard, and you knew that was the treat cupboard. And that stemmed with you to adulthood. And now you are doing that with your family and your children. So everyone sees the world of food differently. We live it differently. We have different biologically chemical, we have different, a different makeup completely, mm. which is why it is complex and nutrition is not a very simple, you eat this, that equals that. It's not black and white. It's the colors of the rainbow. There's a lot of color in between mm. black and white. And because this is a podcast where we do like to give people some takeaway and mm. some advice, I'm now going to be really annoying 
and go say, right, through those colours of the rainbow, yes. I'm going to ask you to weave me, <laughs> so, weave me some suggestions and some, if those are the stuff, if those are the the myths and the kind of unhelpful, I'm going to move my blanket, unhelpful pieces of received wisdom that we have, what should people be replacing them with? What are some of the ways we should be thinking about food when it comes to, specifically, let's look at weight loss start, mm-hmm. uh, let's look at weight loss to start with. Yeah. So if we're looking at weight loss, I think it's very important to address your environment because it's something you can control very, very quickly. For instance, I'm recording this right now in my kitchen, which is open plan and is also the living room area. Therefore, food is probably in my horizon. So just make sure your cupboard doors are closed. If you are somebody that sees food around you and you can't resist, you know those snacks, they add up throughout the day. Snacking doesn't necessarily have to be bad, which is point number two after you've bulletproofed the environment. It's the choices that you make. So if you try and make sure that your kitchen is full of things that you actually have to cook, rather than instant grab-and-go items. And I think that's such a core staple. We've got a bit more time now. We're working from home. Let's get back to basics. Let's make sure that we have lots of cans of pulses and beans in the in the can cupboard with dried pasta and rice and your core staples. Your potatoes can go in there. Then you can have your fresh produce in the fridge, of course, your vegetables, and you can have some fruit in your fruit bowl. Because fruit in the fruit bowl isn't actually such a bad snack to go towards having. And you could have it with a handful of nuts. Whereas if you have a whole cupboard full of easy go-to, I mean, I I would, I do. I've (laughs) just had a baby and I've got a whole (laughs) chocolate area. And it goes down very quickly when I buy it. Whereas I notice if it's not there, I just don't have it. So if, if you're that type of person, that's a very good tip. Your environment needs to be helpful and the snack choices you make. If you're someone where food is always on, on your brain, try to address, this is a very helpful exercise for people actually that want to gain weight or lose weight. Is it a feeling or is it a fact? So that's a really good thing to ask yourself in a moment where you're about to make a behavioral choice, like what you're going to eat or what you're going to do. What is it driven by? Are you feeling like... I'll use myself, for example, I don't know, I've been up all night with my baby, so I'm feeling exhausted. Therefore, all I want is sugar, 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 sugar. But is it a fact that that's going to solve that? Because once I've had the sugar, is it going to stop me feeling exhausted? Well, maybe for like five or 10 minutes, but then it's it's not going to be helpful to me. So try and really address what you're feeling and if food is going to be the solution that's going to help. Because a lot of the time, what would actually help would be for me to call a friend to watch my son for a while and I could have a nap. Or um, if it's you at home, get out for a walk. Just go around your block in your local neighborhood. Maybe just take five or 10 minutes to do some meditation if, if that's your thing and just sit and do some deep breathing. Because we know that deep breathing can really impact our parasympathetic nervous system, which calms us down. And then we're more likely to feel better, more relaxed. So feeling or fact, snacks, bulletproof your kitchen and keep a food diary if that's something that works for you. Now, recording food can go either way. It can be helpful Mm. and it can be detrimental. So you need to identify if you're the type of person that's going to really benefit from that because being held accountable can be very, very helpful for lots of people. But it can go the other way where it can become a bit obsessive and it can cause a lot of psychological harm. So For a lot of my weight loss clients, I do tend to find it's quite helpful writing it down, putting little emojis next to it, even taking a track of your bowel movements that day and 
how you were feeling. Have you drunk enough water? Water is such a simple thing. You can feel hungry when actually you're thirsty. Your mood can dip mm. because you're dehydrated. So there's a few tips for you without bottling yeah. on for half an hour. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think what you were talking about there as well with the, um, when you're taking the, it's almost like the food diary thing, but bringing in your emotions into it, that's so smart because if you're saying there that's one of the most important things to do when you have cravings or when you want to mindlessly eat is think about what kind of brain state you're in, actually recording that reinforces, I guess it reinforces the relation between food and feelings. A hundred percent, because mindful eating is something that is very important as well. And if you have that stop delay, just for even a split second when you're writing it down and then you still do the behavior, that's okay because you're instilling that as a behavioral change and it will come over time. You'll recognize, you'll start to recognize yourself a lot more and how you talk to yourself in your own head. A lot of the time, you don't, we don't realize we're doing it, but we're beating ourselves up internally every single day by saying negative things to ourselves and trying to fix it with food in the moment. Whereas actually we need to be a lot kinder to ourselves and identify that emotion. I think that if we're really, really looking at this in terms of um, weight loss, it's knowing that going cold turkey on things often isn't helpful. Um, saying I'm never going to eat chocolate again, or I'm never going to have a takeaway again is, isn't realistic. You have to set realistic goals. And eating mindfully means eating away from computer screens, away from the TV, acknowledging you're chewing your food. You can smell it. You can taste it. You can see the texture. And if you're identifying that and enjoying your food, you're more likely to not overeat. Yeah. So kind of connecting yourself with the process of it a little bit more. Yes, 100%. It's all about mind-body connection. And I want to bring you back onto calories now, because mm -hmm. again, calories, we were saying before, they're they're way too simplistic. Where they are on the scale of acceptability within the wellness and fitness world seems to keep wavering. They seem to go away and they seem to come back. They seem to go away. Which For which groups of people is it useful to think about calories? And in what instances are they useful as a way of 
I don't know, giving people maybe a bit of structure or an idea of portion size? I have to say they're never going to go away because they do have a role, but it's important to understand and identify the role they have and who they're useful for, like you said. So in the Retrition Clinic, we use calories with our sports nutrition clients a lot because it's performance orientated and performance nutrition is it's a lot about numbers and calculation and hydration and energy. Um, and we do also use it sometimes for education purposes with weight management, so weight loss and obesity. It is important, though, that our clients understand the nourishment of food. So if you are about to start calorie counting, it might be very useful for you as long as you know that it's the quality of the diet, it's the quality and the quantity because simply calorie counting, but eating, um, like I said earlier, you could have a whole day of, of simply just having chocolate bars. Yes, you might lose weight if you kept the calories very low, but that's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to be healthy. And sometimes calories aren't 100%. So let's take almonds as a good example. If you were to take 100 calories of almonds, you may only be actually getting 70 calories worth of energy, even if the pack's at 100. And that's because they're, they're made up of a lot of fiber and they've got a good amount of healthy fat. And actually, you're only absorbing that amount. And another good example, perhaps, is sweet corn because you see it in your poo the next day, just to be very crude, but that's what happens. <laughs> because whereas if you were to grind that sweet corn, and this is an analogy Professor Giles Yeo uses at Cambridge, and he works with gene expressions as well. And he says, if you grind it down into flour, you would absorb 100% of those calories, like in a tortilla, corn tortilla. Whereas when you're eating it, you don't get it all, which is where calorie counting is quite important to not become obsessive over it. It mm. can really educate you when you're eating out. I mean, if you're going out for a pizza, often you don't realize that that could be maybe 1,000 plus calories, and that's already over half your daily intake, perhaps for some people, where in one meal, and you're just not aware. So it helps with education around food, especially um, fats. I think it's quite important to acknowledge that even though avocado is good for you, half of avocado is a portion a day, because um, mm. it can very quickly add up. So it's it's complex, but it could be very useful for those reasons. Yeah. But it, again, not useful when it comes to looking at food is so much more than a number because those healthy fats may again be used in the body differently. And as I said before, you don't know how much you're actually getting, even if a pack says it's a certain amount, it's not. So Rihanna, from what you're saying, it seems like we should be focusing less on counting calories and thinking about the specific benefits of certain things and thinking more about filling our plates in as nourishing way as possible with all these different food groups. Are there any good targets that people can have for, I don't know, the num the amount of fruit and veg that they should have, the number mm -hmm. of plant foods, how much protein versus how much fibre? Let's, let's be looking at this from a... Um, Let's take this from a weight loss point of view, if you wouldn't mind. Of course. And that's a brilliant question to ask. So I want our listeners to know that there are things they can do. And I often use the hand analogy for a plate, an average plate for portion sizes. It's something in my first book, Renourish, we cover how to build a balanced plate. And that would be a handful of carbohydrates, like a cupped hand as a rough guide. Of course, mm. it, you can't really... You could probably shove a tortilla, actually, if it's soft, into that hand. And it works <laughs> with a potato and a portion of rice. Um, a flat palm-sized portion of protein, so a fish fillet or some tofu, that amount of beans or pulses if you were to lay them down. And then two handfuls of veg, so 
We're talking a lot of vegetables on your plate, ideally as much color as possible. And then a drizzle of olive oil or a thumb-sized portion of healthy fats. So that's what you're aiming for at every meal. Now, a lot of people are very scared about certain food groups to include like carbohydrates. And I hear you saying the balance of protein versus carbs. You do need both for each meal to even make your happy hormone serotonin, which keeps you happy, which converts to melatonin, which helps you sleep. Without carbs, you're not going to be in a sustainable place for most people out there. And it's going to help you feel happier and contain more fiber, which benefits your gut health. So try and get that balanced plate, strive for that. And also with fruit and veg, try and get more veg than fruit. I think a lot of people are very aware of that now. Although demonizing fruit, it it came around from fruit juice studies. In fact, a portion of fruit juice is 150 mil a day, whereas most bottles you buy is 330 or 50. So already that's over the amount we're meant to have. Eat your fruit rather than drink it if you can apart from if it's a smoothie every now and again, and yeah, get more veg in. The government says five a day. I actually think it should be 10 a day. Um, and I know how hard that is. I'm a nutritionist and I sometimes don't get my five a day. So just to try, <laughs> try and not be too hard on yourself. Just, just totally. go for it where you can and get variety. I think something that I found quite helpful during during lockdowns, I think I imagined that I'd have so much more time to cook or to prepare food. And I actually found that I was still just as busy, but just at my desk at home rather than in the office. And I found that I actually was eating far worse because mm-hmm. I realised that my diet was so much just varied because I wasn't able to nip over to prep. If you want diversity in, it's quick and easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you suddenly have time to whip up a gourmet <laughs> meal. Um, <laughs> if anything, it's harder sometimes because you can't just buy it, like you said, on the go, like you used to. I think one good tip is at the weekends now, we are at home a little bit more, is chuck all the veg you can on a tray and just roast it. And that will last for a few days. And you, you can always chuck that on with each meal. Stock up on those grain packs that you can microwave if that's easier for you. Do chuck on from your store cupboard extra nuts, seeds, pulses, things you can bulk up meals with. And don't forget canned foods are very nutritious. So for people that eat fish, you can get very affordable cans of um, tinned sardines and mackerel, which are a wonderful source of omega-3 if they're um, preserved in olive oil, not um, anything extra. Again, fruit, if anybody's on a budget as well, you can get canned fruit and things as long as it's in water, not syrup. We shouldn't be demonizing these quick and easy foods because actually they probably still contain a lot less salt than if you were to buy a ready meal, although there are now some good options out there. But please don't be discouraged. It doesn't matter if it looks odd either. It doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be an Instagram (laughs) feed. It's literally your home. I mean, sometimes I have the strangest concoctions of food, especially breakfast at the moment. Half my plate might be a leftover omelette that I've made the night before and the other half of it might be my birch and muesli but I've eaten them together because I know it sounds a bit gross but you get what you get what you can when you're busy (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely it's not about being perfect no (laughs) okay and then what about so another thing that I think comes up quite a lot and we go back and forth about this is something we think about quite a lot at women's health as well is when people ask us the best way of kind of tracking their progress. So if someone is trying to lose weight in a healthy manner, we've talked about the problems with scales. Um, I know other people, sometimes certain people will suggest, uh, other people will suggest um, taking before and after photos. 
but I know these can be tricky for certain people uh, and everyone seems to have different opinions about this. But what would you say, what are some good principles around tracking your progress with weight loss that you'd um, that you'd recommend? I mean, that I have no judgment on any kind of um way of tracking that works for someone you know I have got clients that do like to jump on the scales even though they know it may not be 100% accurate if that's working for you that's okay Mm. the same goes with before and after pictures if that's your thing but there's so much more to it to track it doesn't have to be about appearance and numbers it can also be has your digestion improved Suddenly, are you Mm. having more bowel movements? Is that better? Are you sleeping better? Have you acknowledged that? Do you feel more energized? There's so much more. And if you are looking at, of course, weight loss, then maybe an old pair of clothes that you fit before that you don't fit into now that you could keep that you can put on. But it is about finding what makes you happy. If you're tracking and Mm. it's making you damn right miserable, then it's not going to be the way forwards. But we work with a variety of tracking measures in the clinic. And sometimes we obviously we look at blood work as well because we're checking markers in different cases. If you're not anemic anymore, suddenly your iron levels are quite good. Um, you're getting your vitamin D, you're taking your supplements. So everybody should be in the winter months, 10 micrograms. Mm. There's so many different health markers to measure. Concentration. Do you suddenly feel like you can really smash out your work? You just feel better. We forget about those because we're so consumed with aesthetics, but it's not a bad thing. If you want to lose weight and you want to look good, good for you. You know, that's that's totally okay. There there should be no shaming on wanting to lose weight or gain it. It's just, in my eyes, that's just so unfair. Uh, No, absolutely. And I like what you were saying. It almost comes down to what we're saying at the start where you were talking about the, almost like the journal and the idea of, that's quite a nice idea, isn't it? Almost if you're tracking maybe your food, but then you're also tracking, as you say, your digestion or how well you slept or how well. So almost like a it's like a wellness diary, isn't it? Rather yeah. than like a food diary or something. Yeah, 100%. And actually, the one thing my clients notice a lot more is the bowel movements and the digestion because they've often never eaten so much fiber and vegetables in their life. And suddenly they're prioritizing it. They're like, wow. I feel really good, you know, it's incredible. I'm like, that's what it does to you. So Rhiannon, I know this is something that is very close to your heart and indeed what you do every day. Uh, This is a question that we've had, which is how can people be helped to lose weight in a manner that doesn't promote disordered eating and helps maintain a positive and joyful relationship with food? I love that question. I think it's so, so important. Um, if you are seeking to do that, and you first of all, you have to be in a positive place with food. So before you embark upon any weight loss journey, if, if that is a concern for you, you need to be in a pretty good place and you're able to eat all food groups without guilt or shame. And then we can move forwards into looking at weight. So one thing we do in the nutrition clinic is we do an initial screening, initial consultation to gather where our clients are at. And then we're able to see you're ready for this right now. And then there is a way of doing it that works around you. If you are worried and there are triggers for you, you don't have to keep food diaries if that's not helpful for you. Mm. There are also ways of tracking what you eat without seeing numbers. And there are ways of progress measurements like we mentioned earlier. And ultimately, I think it's finding the right person to help support you. The person that's not going to put pressure on you and use the right language when they're speaking with you and being quite empathetic and able to support you 
you'll notice red flags, I think, if you embark Mm. upon a journey with someone that isn't quite right for you. And Mm. please listen to that gut instinct because it is possible to go on that journey and not end up with disordered eating. That often tends to happen when you do crash diets and fad diets. Yes, the number one, the number one thing to avoid. And especially Mm. now when things are so hard. Oh, 100%. And I can see why it happens. We're we're all in this together in multiple ways. It's affected everybody to some extent. So be, be, be kind, be kind to others, be kind to yourself and be open and just keep talking, I would say. Is there anything uh, else that you'd like listeners to know about this topic? I think I would love listeners to really just think, it's okay, I can do me and not to compare yourself to other people on a journey. This is a very, very unprecedented, difficult time. And it's actually coping and turning to food is actually quite smart if you think about it. You know, it's something we can do. It's only when it becomes long-term and chronic and we harm ourselves with it and we become upset that it becomes a big problem. So please be kind to yourself and know that there's help out there and be aware that the problem is psychological just as much as what you're eating every single day. So Sometimes a bit of psychological support could be just as beneficial with a weight gain or weight loss journey because the two are very, very heavily interlinked. And arm yourself with the right people. There's a lot of nonsense online. There's a lot of pseudoscience going around at the moment with people trying to make money from you or claiming, you know, vitamin C can cure coronavirus, for instance, was going around for a while. There's a lot of very, very worrying things. So please seek help from a registered nutritionist or dietitian if it's nutrition focused. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. That was an interview with Rhiannon Lambert. Um, This episode came about because of emails and DMs that you've shared with us. So if there is a topic that you'd like us to do an episode on, do get in touch. All the details of how to do so are in the show notes. And as ever, if you've enjoyed the episode, remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 